Father, we live in the overflow. We live in the greater abundance, Father. And Lord, we choose to live that way because you're the kind of God who blesses us, Father, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and honor, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and kindness and mercy, Father. And Father, we just thank you. And we will declare all the days of our lives that you are good, Father, and that your mercy endureth forever. Father, we will never shy away from saying that you are good and that you heal, Father. You are good, Father. Father, to declare anything else, to declare anything less, Father, would be to say that you're less than good. But you are good, Father. And we thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, if you're a good God, you'll heal our bodies. Father, that's not putting you under pressure. That's not demanding, Father. It's just simply receiving what you said you would do. Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? All right, well, if the Lord's good, then um, <clears throat> we can go home. Right? That's all you got to know, right? You want to be healed. Uh, and so, <clears throat> praise God. We thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Yeah, you can start with that foundation right there. And, um, you know, I've never, I've heard so many things that people say about the Lord, especially when it comes to healing or prosperity or deliverance or any of the things that the Lord would supernaturally intervene in our natural lives which he does, that's the definition of a miracle. It's a supernatural intervention in the natural course of our lives. If the Lord does that, you know, uh, why is that such a hard thing for the church to accept? That he wants to do that, you know? Uh, and of course, uh, for me, I, it, you know, nobody told me when I got saved that I'm not supposed to believe in, in the Lord, right? I, I was told I was supposed to believe in the Lord, so I just assumed, you know, I guess as a naive teenager that I'm supposed to believe what the Lord says, amen? And, uh, and that carried me along for years until I found out, oh, you, you know, you're not supposed to believe. Of course, it, it, never, it never took for me because when people say that, I look at them kind of like, a, you ever said something to your dog and he looks at you, kind of tilts his head like, I know you're saying words, but I don't understand thing, anything you're saying. And that's kind of how I looked at Christians who said that, you know, God would put sickness and disease on you. I look at like, what words are you saying? You know, those, those words are not so. They're not even close to so. And then, they, of course, they'd look at you like you're naive. Well, you just don't understand. You know, you, you're naive. You're young, and, and you don't have the years of, of battle scars and wounds that I have, the suffering that I've gone through. You just wait till you're old and decrepit like me, and you'll see that God puts these in. Yeah, and it's just blah, 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 right? I mean, it's just, uh, uh, I mean, I know how good God is, but I, I can imagine when I get to heaven, I'll, I'll still be amazed at how even better he was than I thought he was. And I think he's pretty good, you know. I think he's amazing beyond imagination. But I imagine when I get to heaven, I'll still be like, wow, there's still plenty of room for, for him to amaze me, amen, and to see his glory and goodness in heaven. <clears throat> Let's think about the folks who, who think very little of the Lord now when they get to heaven. They'll, uh, they'll be like, they won't even know where they're at, you know. They'll have to go look at the street corner, name, you know, what street am I on? I'm on streets of heaven? Wow, you know. Am I really, is this really what heaven's like? <clears throat> well, that's the way heaven, that's the way earth could have been like too, amen. Uh, didn't he say that his, that, uh, his will, that, that, that uh, things be done on earth as they are in heaven? Didn't Jesus pray that actual prayer? Yes. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? 
Well, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that verse right there, and that's, of course, that's the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. That one verse right there should tell you everything that you need to know about how uh, the Lord wants things done on earth as it is in heaven. And nobody would argue that, you know, they've got hospitals in heaven. They got hospice, you know, uh, terminal care. They got cancer patients, you know. Uh, they got people with disease and lepers in heaven, you know, and they've got a leper colony in heaven. It's on the backside of, of heaven, right? And if you got leprosy in heaven, that's where you go. And it, nobody believes that. You know, everybody believes heaven is a place of perfection and joy and peace and prosperity and no lack and no sickness and disease. Everybody believes that. And even if they don't know much about heaven, they believe that. Uh, and so, so uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, then that means that we can live in the fullness of God's will on earth and um, fully prosperous, fully healed. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the thing that's amazing to me is people who believe those things that God doesn't want to heal or prosper or whatever, they, surely they would appreciate who's got the most to gain from the church not being prosperous, right? Or the church not being healed. It's not the Lord. And it's not ourselves. Uh, is there gain for you not being prosperous? Is there gain for you being sick in the earth? What's the gain in that? Well, I become more spiritual. You know, most people that are sick all the time, they're kind of cranky, yeah. right? They just, you know, because they're in feel bad all the time, right? They're not, in, they're not in a good mood all the time, right? I mean, every now and then they may do it, but, you know, when they're by themselves, they're weeping. They're crying for the pain and discomfort and agony. You know, they're not happy. They're not full of joy. Uh, and we're not trying to... Uh, talk bad about them but the facade that they're saints of god that they're a great example to me you know they're they need our help they need our assistance amen uh, it's it's a shame that people would would say and declare that being sick is is brings glory to god in what capacity does that bring glory to god you know well my good attitude well that's that's great and people appreciate your good attitude but you know, what I want is when people look at me, they want, I want to be that person. Nobody looks at a happy, sick person and says, that's what I want to be. Nobody wants to do that, right? They'll be sad, healthy person. They'd much be rather be a sad, uh, healthy person than a happy, sick person. Amen? Nobody wants that life. Nobody's looking for that life. Well, I, you know, I just hope more than anything in the world I could, I could have terminal cancer like them and be happy like they are. Nobody's thinking around like that, right? I want people to look at, look at my life and say, well, if God's a good God and they're living in the goodness of God and they're fully prosperous and fully healthy, that's what I want. Uh, because then, uh, you know, they can be with their children, they can be with their grandkids, they can be with their spouses, they can be uh, working for the Lord, they can be having a good life, enjoying life, just going for a walk, you know? I mean, just the simple things of life. It doesn't have to be, you've got to be conquering the world. <clears throat> And, and, you know, th this is not rocket science, right? The, the, that, that's not rocket science. That's what normal people, you know, when normal people look at somebody, they see a sick person, they see a well person, nobody goes, yeah, I hope I'm sick just like them someday. Nobody thinks that way, right? Except, you know, you might get a few crazy people that think that way. But no sane person will go, yeah, all my life, that's what I want. Now, I, have, I, I do know people, and it's unfortunate, but because uh, of our government system, many times people strive to become disabled so they can get on government they just want to be a little disabled though they don't want to be like really disabled but they want to be a little disabled just enough disabled to meet the mark of getting a check every month right and people like that you know that people are like that it's unfortunate but people really you know i hope i get disabled you know like lose a toe just one toe right not all my toes but maybe lose a toe and a friend of mine said i can't even talk to my mom I said, how come it's because she's on she's on disability i said what's your disability 
she said, well, her disability, well, this friend of mine, he said that his mom's disability was she can't get along with people. And so she gets a check every month because she, well, that's disabled. I, I mean, I know millions of disabled people. That's the case, right? There's a lot of disabled people. But if that's the bar, that's a pretty low bar, right? I can't get along with people. But that was her disability. I can't get along with people. Like, wow, you know. See, that's kind of, some people strive, you know, I want to be so cranky that I can't get along with people. Well, is that a goal? You know, when I, was, when I was in high school, of course, growing up, you know, we were always poor, so we didn't have anything. So we were on government uh, on government uh, uh, lunch program, right? You know, government lunch program. Uh, the, the way it worked when I was in school is you'd go down to the counselor's office uh, and you'd get your meal tickets every week, right? You had meal tickets. And so that way they didn't shame you, right, by having, you know, a big sign on you. I've got, you know, I'm on free lunch program. <clears throat> and so uh, after my parents died, uh, I started collecting a Social Security check because as a minor, if your parents are on Social Security and they die, you get a, you get a check. Now, when I was in, uh, a minor and that happened, the law was at that time you could keep collecting that check all through college. If you went to college, you could keep collecting the check. And, of course, that's when uh, Ronald Reagan was president, and he, he cut that out to save money for the government uh, because, you know, I'm an 18-year-old. Surely I can work, right? But, um, uh, and so I only got it until I graduated high school. Uh, but I thought, well, I can, I can pay for my own lunch now, you know. I mean, I didn't think, it, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think that was a thing, right? I just, so I went to, to the counselor. I said, I said I'm, I'm not going to be collecting free lunch anymore because I'm making like, you know, at the time I was making $385 a month, you know. By the time I graduated high school, I was making like $405 a month, which, you know, for free money. Even a high school kid who never had any money growing up, you know. I mean, my grandmother gave me a $5 bill one time. You know, that was the only money I ever got from my grandparents, you know, in all the years growing up was a $5 bill one time. <clears throat> and so I'm collecting, I'm, I'm, I'm rich, you know. Uh, and so I told the, the counselor, you know, I don't, I don't need free lunch anymore. And she looked at me like, well, you know, you're still qualified because as an orphan, you know, you, you can get this right. And, and I just thought there was, you know, as, as, you know, I was probably, well, I was 15 when they passed, you know. So I'm thinking... That didn't make any sense to me. I can afford to pay this, so you know, I'm just going to pay it. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, sweet, and they would take advantage of that. And, and look, that's between you and the Lord Jesus. I don't care, you know, <laughs> if it's there. But that's just not who I'm made. I'm not made that way. I'm made that way. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, and because I can use, you know, I can use, well, uh, there, there was no disadvantage for me to take it, except that I couldn't do it in my own heart, right? My heart wouldn't let me do it. Uh, and so I paid for the rest of my school lunch throughout high school. Uh, and um, she just thought that was the oddest thing, you know, because if there's any limitation in my life, uh, there's just something in me. I've got to get rid of it, you know, and, and to, to accept that, to say that I'm needy, that I have to receive the assistance of somebody. It's not pride. It's just, you know, cause some people are prideful. Uh, you know, I remember growing up uh, one time, some, uh, somebody, I don't even remember the, the context of it, but somebody wanted to help my family and give us something. And I remember my dad was having a conversation and was mad about it. He said, we don't accept charity. I'm just this tall, and I'm thinking, take the charity. We need the charity, you know. But see, he didn't take it out of pride, right? Even though he needed it, he wouldn't take it. Well, see, that's, that is pride, right? When you need help and won't take it, that's pride. But when you don't need help, but you still take it, you know, I mean, that's between you and the Lord. But uh, when you don't need help, and I mean, then I can help somebody else instead, amen? And so I don't care. I mean, look, you get all the free lunch you want. I don't care. I'm not, you know, it, it, the, the point is that just I'm just made that, that I've always got to, if there's any limitation in my life, I've got to get rid of it. I, I, just, I don't like it. I don't, I'm not happy about it. If there's any sickness, I want it out of my life. If there's any 
emotional trauma, I want it out of my life. If there's a broken heart, I want it out of my life. If there's bad thoughts, I want it out of my life. If there's bad character, I want it out of my I don't want these things. I don't want to stay this way. I'm not interested in staying this way. Uh, and, and especially if I'm sick, uh, I just, I'm a, I'm a complete failure as a sick person. I'm a terrible sick person, I, you know, and so I have to stay well because I'm just not a good, some people, they're good at it, right? They're, they're, they're experts at it, and they, you know, they, they know how to set up their bed, you know, they're laying it for three or four days, and I mean, they just, you know, I don't care, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get on anybody, I'm just, that's just me, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not good at these things, uh, I'm good at being healed, amen, I'm good at staying well, and I'm good at staying prosperous, and so I like that life, amen, and I'm going to continue in that life because the Lord's promised it to me, so, uh, and, and people would say that's pride or arrogance, and the Lord's, the Lord's someone who gave us his promises, amen, these are not promises that we're making up and they have such a hard time with prosperity and uh in fact uh you know of course today is pastor appreciation day and and um y'all appreciate me and i appreciate i appreciate that you appreciate me uh and but i was talking with somebody the other day and they said and i, and I just thought it was now i didn't say anything because i'm a pastor right but they were saying you know every year we do pastor appreciation and and, and now this is a fairly wealthy person that was telling me this right which I thought was odd, you know. And they said, you know, our pastor, he already makes a lot of money. So, you know, they're asking us to give him more money. And it's like, why does he need more money? You know, he's already gets a lot of money anyway. And, you know, it just, I just got a really problem with that because, you know, it's a calling and, and, and it shouldn't be about the money. And I'm thinking, oh, he kept saying, it's a calling. It's a calling. Well, it's not a calling to be poor, no. right? I mean, you're not, you're, not, you're not more spiritual because you're poor. Yeah, but they said he already makes up you know he makes enough money well who are you to decide if he makes no you know i'm thinking on that of course you know i'm a pastor so it's hard for me to tell him well you're crazy right because you don't mind making more money but you don't want your pastor to make more money you know and it's like well don't give him money i mean you know it's all you gotta do is not give it him money but instead of not give instead of just not giving him money he's got to have ill will towards his pastor right and and all the other people that are giving a free will Did anybody make you give you know anybody have a Anybody with a with a, a sidearm at the door, you know, you better give, you know, because if you don't give, we're gonna say bad things about you. Uh, there's no coercion to give, right? If you give, you don't. If you don't, it's fine, right? I mean, I, I, and I just thought it was the oddest thing that he he didn't want his pastor to prosper as much as he possibly could, you know, because for me, I want everybody to prosper as much as they can. I want you all to prosper just as much as you want me to prosper. That's the way it should be, right? Why is that wrong? That's not wrong. I mean, is there a shortage in heaven? Well, you know, it's a calling. Okay, what does that mean? You know, the context of what he meant is you should be poor. You know, you should want one. You know, you should, one house is enough. Well, who said one house is enough? I mean, uh, you look, it's not about whoever dies with the most toys wins, right? That's not the goal, right? It's not about me amassing natural things to my life. That's not my intention and goal. But I just, you know, and this person had been in church probably as long as I've been alive. And I'm thinking, you haven't learned anything. You need to go back to, you know, go back to, to, to you know, we got great children's church here. Come to children's church, you know, once a week, you know, skip your church every now and then. And you learn the basics of Christianity from children's church because you obviously didn't, haven't learned sowing and reaping. Amen. Uh, and, and so, I don't know, just the oddest, it was the oddest thing, right? I mean, a wealthy person telling me he makes enough money, you know. Well, you seem to be okay with making plenty of money. And, and so... Yeah, but I don't have a calling. Oh, so your natural job is of greater value than, than your pastor's spiritual job? I mean, you think, about, you think about what we do here every Sunday at 3 p.m., right? Just at 3 p.m. 
We teach on supernatural healing. How, how valuable is that to the body of Christ? What would you pay if you could become unsick? How much money would you give? Now, look, I'm not trying to get any money out of you at all, right? You know, we may not receive an offering today after this, right? Yeah, because we're, we're, it's not about the money, but how valuable is this information? You know, how have you been able to get healed supernaturally that you couldn't find any other way? You know, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood, she'd spent all that she'd had. It was nothing better, but rather grew worse. What would she give? She'd already given everything and couldn't find the way. How valuable is that? And, and that is, is not valuable enough to just give whatever you want to give? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not trying to get any money out of you. I'm just saying that people just, they think that, they're, that it's a calling, so therefore they shouldn't make money, but they're allowed to make a lot of money. And it just, you know, but, the, but they're teaching natural things, and that's great, right? They teach you how to do your finances and how to do your hair, how to brush your teeth. That's all great. But, but the pulpit can teach you how to stay in divine health all the days of your life. What would every billionaire give on the earth to have one more day? You know, it's just in the last week or so, there was a, a remembrance of uh, anybody remember Steve Jobs, one of the founding uh, creators of Apple, you know, the, the Apple computers, right? The, the, the company, which says, you know, recently it, it, it changes every now and then, but at one time, it may still be today, the most valuable company ever in the history of companies, right? worth like $3 trillion, and, uh, close to $3 trillion. And, and so he, he is the founding uh, member of, of the company, was worth hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. And he got pancreatic cancer. And he tried, you know, of course, he loved, the, you know, all the Eastern mysticism and stuff like that. So he tried all that, right? He tried herbs and spices. You know, he'd go down and eat Kentucky Fried Chicken all the time because they got 11 herbs and spices, right? So he'd eat those, hoping that those would cure him, right? Uh, well, they didn't cure him. But he tried all kinds of mysticism and everything, and finally he went to natural doctors, and he got, he got a, uh, a transplant, but it was too late, right? What do you think that he would have given to get another year of life? You know, he could have come to one healing. He could have come to the five, first five minutes of healing school today. God is good. That would have been it. He had everything he needed to know to get healed. Everything he needed to know, five minutes in healing school, right? Would have taught him everything he needed to know that, that he could get healed supernaturally, amen? Now, well, how much is that worth to him? Uh, and so, you know, for, for people to say things like that, to, to me, it shows that they really don't appreciate how valuable the Word of God is in their life. There's no, there's no limit to how valuable the Word of God is. Amen? And, and all of my Christian life, everything I've owned belongs to the Lord. If the Lord says, do it, I'd write, you know, write a check. No problem. I'll write a check. You know, this stuff about it, you know, they get enough money, you know. Uh, and, um, I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing to me. It's embarrassing that a Christian would think that way, right? Uh, and so I'm not trying to get any money out of y'all. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get a dime out of nobody, right? Because from my perspective, it's always as the Lord tells you, amen. And I'm good with that. Amen. I'm good with that because I, I know how good he is. Amen. Has he ever shortchanged anybody? Uh, get you to write a check and go, ha, fooled you, right? And <laughs> now you're broke for a week, right? He never, no, he never pulled a fast one anybody, right? I mean, uh, the Lord's always, the day I got born again, uh, till now, I've never been without a dollar that I needed. Never. And every penny I've ever needed, the Lord's always provided every penny and way more in abundance of that. Amen. Uh, and so I thank him for his goodness. So we finished up the third book of the, the four-book series from uh, uh, Dr. Yeomans last week. We're starting on the last book now. Uh, this last book is called Health and Healing. And so she starts out uh, this chapter called The Human Body. 
And of course, as a doctor, you know, of course, she was a doctor over 100 years ago. So, you know, her understanding of the human body was really, I mean, how much have we learned in the last 100 years, right? In the last 100 years, you've got polio vaccines, right? Small smallpox vaccines. And, I mean, uh, uh, you've got penicillin, you know, you've got all kinds of cures for cancer. You know, I mean, they haven't cured all of cancer, but they've, they got, uh, they've, they've accelerated significantly about their cure for cancer. Uh, we're going to leave COVID out because I'm not sure if they ever did get COVID solved or not, you know, but, uh, uh, but uh, I think that's, that's an outlier. I think over all the things in the last hundred years, there's been nearly a miracle drugs, right? After miracle drugs of things they've found that, um, you know, penicillin was nearly a miracle because before that, you know, penicillin it, it cures germs, right? Uh, it kills germs. Uh, and so they really can't cure uh, uh, viral infections, but, uh, but bacterial infections, you know, a hundred years ago, if you, got a, if you got a bacterial infection, I mean, you, you had a good chance of just dying. You know, I mean, just, you got a cut, you know, cut finger or something like that. Uh, you could die if, if it didn't get uh, cleaned up immediately and, and it got infected. You know, I mean, it's 50-50 if you're going to make it or not, you know, because that infection would overwhelm your body and your body couldn't keep up with it. And then you would just die from that. Well, they figured out penicillin by accident, right? It's basically mold. And, and, uh, and it changed the world. I mean, it completely changed the world. You know, the number of people dying from, from infections, you know, decreased significantly to near zero if they, if they would get the medicine. Uh, and just things like that, you know, time after time, you know, they have found these, these solutions to these problems in the last hundred years. But still, have they solved all the sickness of the world? You know, uh, <clears throat> the problem with, with them solving sickness is there's more tomorrow, right? I mean, COVID-19 is called COVID-19. Why? because it was discovered in 2019, right? It was probably manufactured in 2018, right? I don't know if you, if you listen to all the conspiracy theorists, uh, but it, who cares where it came from? It, was, it arrived in 2019. Well, anybody remember the 80s? What did they discover in the 80s? Uh, AIDS, right? Uh, AIDS was, was uh, uh, back, back in the 80s, remember when they first discovered AIDS, it was a death sentence. If you got it, you're dead. Uh, you may not die today, but you're gonna die. You will die, it's 100% fatality rate, 100%. Nobody survived AIDS once they got it in the 80s. And, and of course, then they spent billions and billions of dollars, probably trillions of dollars on, on treatments and stuff. And, and today, it, you know, it's, it's fairly manageable, right? It's not a death sentence anymore. Most people that have AIDS today with the right prescriptions and right regimen of, of medicines can live, you know, maybe live, you know, in fact, they've had some, some success in completely obliterating it out of the human body. But tomorrow it's going to be something else, right? Ebola, right? I mean, all, all the stuff, crazy, you know, crazy things, right? Uh, and so uh, we will need supernatural healing as long as there's humanity, amen? Doesn't matter what doctors and scientists figure out, there's going to be something new tomorrow, amen? And the reason why is because there's sin in the world. As long as there's sin in the world, that sin will figure out new ways to express itself, right? Sin and disease always go together, uh, and that sin will express itself. If you figured out every a solution to every single sickness, tomorrow there's going to be another one because sin will find a way to kill. Amen. Sin will destroy natural life. And so, so she's talking about the human body. And so she starts out talking about how she has a friend of hers that has all these uh, really fancy kitchen appliances, right? All these uh, high-end kitchen appliances. She has got chrome and all this stuff, you know. Uh, and they and she was a uh, her friend was a great baker, and. and uh, what she found out in talking with her friend that every one of these really high-end um, appliances come with a whole lot of instructions, right? 
here's how to get here's how to uh, work this particular piece of equipment to get the most out of it to get the the, uh, the baked goods that her friend was a baker uh, and and what I have found of course I would know this and you know unless somebody told me uh, but baking is an art form right it's very precise right everything has to be measured exactly right done exactly right or it doesn't work out and, you know if you're frying a steak it don't matter you know you burn it it's, it's gonna you know you, it'll survive right so things that are that are kind of you know in that area the savory part of food it is fairly you know you can't really mess it up too bad right you know you, you can change it but baking is very precise and and everything has to be measured exactly right and done exactly right quickly to the right temperature for the right amount of time or or it doesn't you know a lot of times just won't even won't even won't even survive right it'll be ruined by not doing it right so so she was just amazed about all of the uh, all of the equipment there uh, and how that it worked and and just kind of using that analogy, the same thing for the human body, right? And, and for me personally, I've always been fascinated by the human body, just that how amazing the Lord designed it, you know, that, that um, you know, every day our human bodies are, are just naturally speaking, resisting sickness and disease, right? I mean, germs and stuff, even viruses, the human body is attacking those things. Uh, and uh, I'm sure when we get to heaven, you know, if we ask the Lord for insight, he'll show us all the times that our human body, just from a natural standpoint, has withstood sickness and disease uh, with no supernatural intervention, right? With no medical intervention, just a natural, you know, the natural ability of creation to resist sin and to resist uh, sickness and disease. Uh, and so, so she was just kind of going on about how, you know, the most amazing piece of equipment uh, still pales in comparison to the amazing uh, human body, right? And if you look at... Uh, you know, a human body, and, and you see all these robots, right? You see, now I'm talking about robots that people actually make. I'm not talking about robots you see on TV. Uh, those aren't actual real robots, right? You know that. They're just made up. But if you look at even the most sophisticated robots today, they, they, their ability to be uh, as capable as a human body, it just it's embarrassing, right? The, you know, the joints. And, and, you know, I was an engineer for many years, and, um, and when I was in school, there would be some Ph.D. Uh, candidates and students working on on robots, you know, designing robots and doing the math. There's, there's so much math involved in just figuring out how a robot can go from point A to point B, right? And it's got to not just go from point A to point B, but it's got to turn and twist and do all these things and carry a weight and, and um, do all those sophisticated things. It takes a lot of intelligence to just to get a robot to do a simple thing. Uh, and if you go look at, uh, like, at uh, like automotive manufacturing where they've got these welding robots, you know, they've got to take this machine and they've got to get these two pieces of metal together and then this machine's got to twist and turn in space and figure out how to get around just the right angle uh, and, and start this welding process and then go in space to figure out how to follow this path, this weird uh, curved path. Well, uh, people have spent decades writing all the software to figure out how to do that. And, and, and that's just one thing, right? That's, that's something a, a human being, you could say, just go for the welder. Okay, and if you had a, an experienced welder, that's all you'd have to tell them, just go weld that. And they'd know how to do that, right? You don't have to train them. But to get a robot to do that, to get a machine to do that, takes you know, somebody with many, many years of education in order to be able to do that. Uh, and yet it's still, compared to the human body, is very limited, amen? It can do one thing very well uh, and do it repetitively, but it can't do, you know, if you take that same welding machine and say, go make me an omelet, they would look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, what's an omelet? They wouldn't even know, right? And so... So she was just talking about how, how amazing the human body is. And, 
And, and I, you know, uh, on occasion I'll read articles about how amazing the human body is and how capable it is of doing things. And, and they still, you know, even today, you know, it, it was only under, um, well, it, it was under uh, President Clinton when they did, uh, they called it a moonshot to, to completely understand the, the entire human genome. Anybody remember the Human Genome Project? Well, that's where they figured all the genes that are part of the DNA sequence of a human being because there's like four billion uh, genes in a single strand of DNA, just one strand of DNA. There's more DNA molecules in your body than there are stars in the universe, in one body, right, in one human body. And it's like, well, how is that even possible, right? And so uh, it's possible because that's the way the Lord made it. Uh, and so they spent years just trying to find it. And then, you know, recently in the last several years, they, they had some other, uh, other plans on having these huge programs to uh, understand all the different types of cells in, your, in the human body. You know, right now, medical science doesn't know all the types of cells that are in your body. They know a lot of them, like your muscle cells, right? And your cells that make up your lungs and cells that make up the different parts of different tissues. But there are thousands of cell types, different types of cells in your body that scientists don't even know. They don't know what they do. They don't know what they look like. They don't know where they're at. And, and so uh, it's a huge project. And, you know, someday they'll figure it out because it's just information. You know, if somebody spends enough time and money, they can figure that out. But that's, you know, that, and that's today, right? I mean, we, of all the things we know about medicine, they still don't even know all the different types of cells in your body. And they don't even know what the purpose of all of them are. You know, and, and, and they don't even know certain things like what's the purpose of, of, of the appendix. And, uh, and they're still not really sure. They kind of have some ideas. And maybe it's got something to do with, with managing um, the types of bacteria in your body. But they're not 100% sure. Well, I'm not sure because I'm not a doctor. So I don't know, you know, what's it there for? I don't know. I uh, don't really care. It's there. And so we just move on. Amen. Uh, and so let's turn to Psalm 139. So she started with this particular verse here. You know, you think about, you know, we're going to Psalm 139, so, you know, that means we've got to flip a page and all the fingers have to do this. And, and, and you know, to me, it just amazes to me that, that you know, our fingers can, can do that, pick a page up and turn the page, and we know how to do that, and we can train how to do that. And, and you know, it's just, uh, I'm always fascinated by the design of the human body, and I think that's part of who the Lord made me to be, right, as an engineer. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by the design of the human body that the Lord made, right? Uh, and so... She started here with this verse. She said, Thine eyes, this is uh, one, Psalm 139, verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being uh, unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Uh, and so the Lord has uh, recorded all the members of your body in some book. That'd be a kind of a, an interesting book, right? Like, you know, uh, you know he'd be Chip Bolio. Ten fingers, ten toes, right? Two arms, two legs, an elbow, a knee, you know. Uh, I mean, is he, uh, why does he track all that? I don't know. The Lord's very organized, though, right? Didn't Jesus say the very hairs in your head are numbered? Have you ever done that? Counted the hairs in your head? One, two, three. Nobody does that, right? But the Lord, does the Lord do that? Why? Because the Lord cares about the things uh, that, um, uh, that concern us, right? <clears throat> and so, you know, we would think, well, that's, that's too much work and it's not necessary for anything. You know, but th that's not the way the Lord thinks. The Lord, there's nothing too much work for him. If he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Amen. So you think about, you know, you go to heaven. What's that, what's that room over there? Uh, what's that giant room for? Well, that's a, that's a listing of all the hairs in the, in the world. 
why is that there? Because I wanted it, you know. And so, you know, you'd be like, can you imagine how, how big of a, of course, we do it on a computer now, but it'd still be a big computer, right? Uh, listing all the hairs. You reckon he's named them? I don't know, you know, but he's counted them, right? So they all have numbers. One, two, three, you know. And you brush your hair, well, there's, there's number 67 just down the drain right there, right? Uh, and so, uh, but the Lord's counted them, amen? Uh, and so, uh, and the Lord gave you control over, over that human body. Uh, and, and then she talked to just uh, continuing about uh, the human body, about how things like your heart, right? Your heart starts beating. Uh, I think, was it uh, five weeks they can detect a heartbeat? You know, it's really early on, right, in, in a... Um, uh, in a child, right, when they're still, uh, still in the womb, they can detect a heartbeat. And once that heart starts beating, it will beat every minute of every day of every year of that child, right? And, and you know, if, it's, uh, if your heart beats 60 times a minute, that's one time a second. And, the, and there's, uh, anybody know how many seconds there are in a day? I know Jared knows, right, how many seconds there are in a day? Uh, there's 86,400 seconds in a day, right? Uh, and so, uh, have you counted them lately? One, two, three. Well, that's three heartbeats right there. So 86,000 times uh, in a day, your heart's beating, right? If it's beating at 60 beats a minute, and sometimes it beats a lot faster than that, right? Uh, it shouldn't really beat much slower than that, but, uh, but at a minimum, it's probably beating 60 beats a minute. So, Jared, what's, what's 86,000 uh, heartbeats a minute times 365 days a year times just just do an average uh, lifespan of 70 years for for a male in america uh how, how many heartbeats is that right two trillion heartbeats that's two trillion heartbeats right that's the, like the annual budget for the united states or used to be right uh and so two trillion heartbeats and it never stops it just keeps on beating right and if you live to be 120 well it just Multiply that by about 50%, and uh, you get about another three, 3 trillion heartbeats, right? Uh, that's a lot of heartbeats. And the Lord designed that heart to do that. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, so if there's ever any problem, I just tell my body, you do what, you do what you're designed to do. The Lord designed it to, to, you know, he knew how long we would live, right? Now, they were, their hearts were living a 1,000 years ago, right? Back in the day when Noah was around, Noah lived to be, uh, I think, 600 years or so old, uh, but like Abraham or uh, Adam lived to be about 930, Methuselah 969 years. You know, you think about that, right? You just multiply everything by 10. So 2 trillion, they were, their hearts were beating for 20 trillion times all their life. And it was designed to do that, right? Uh, and the, does, you ever, does your heart ever cop an attitude? I'm so tired of this beating. All I really is beat, 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 beat. <laughs> in and out, in and out, blood in, blood out. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, and you're, do you ever get any thanks for it? No, no one ever thanks me, right? I just get, you know, just, just feel used, right? Just feel used. Yeah. And so, no, it never, it never cops an attitude, never goes on strike, right? Now, it does people do get heart attacks, right, for other reasons, but, but not the way it was designed. It was designed to have the capacity to beat every single day all of your life, amen? Uh, and, and, and so she just went through, you know, she talked about your eyes and you know, the eyes are, are amazing uh, technology because, uh, I don't know if you ever know it or not, but, you know, if you see, of course, you're going to mess everybody's, now people are going to start thinking about this, right? But when you look at something, you know, so say, you know, we'll just pick, say, let's we'll just look at this podium, right? So when you look at this podium, the light is coming from these, uh, from these uh, lights above us, 
it hits the podium, that light is reflected off this podium and goes into the lens of your eye. And your lens actually flips that image. So on the back of your eye is where your retina is. And I, you know, I love this because I, so I study all this, right? I just, I'm not an eye doctor, but you know, uh, but you do, and in engineering, you learn about how these things work uh, because lenses are used in a lot of other places. But this podium is actually flipped upside down on your, on your retina, on the back of your eyeball. And then, the, then that light is converted to electricity and the different types of light, then, and that electricity is transferred from your eyeball to your brain, uh, to the back of your brain is where, where the, where the um, visual uh, processing occurs in the back of your brain. And your brain looks at that and says, that's a podium. You ever thought about how do you know it's a podium? Because your brain's decided that this light reflecting from that bulb there to off this podium into your eyes, flipped upside down, converted to electricity, and sent to the back of your brain, your brain says, that's a podium. Well, how would you know that? Because the Lord's amazing, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and, and you think about how from a, a normally healthy eye, you know, you can see things that are dim. You can see things that are in the bright sunlight. And even the, the equipment they have today, cameras and things, you know, they're not nearly as capable as your eye yet. You know, the, the resolution is not nearly as good as the eyeball. Its ability to, to operate in different levels of light is not nearly as good uh, as your eye is. Even today, right, 2022, uh, the technology for cameras is still not up to, uh, up to the eye. Now, now the, in certain areas like high-speed cameras, you know, that, that can do better than your eye can, but it's very specific, right? It can do this one thing better, but overall it can't be as good as, as your eyes, right? And, so, and your, so your eyes are doing that, and your eyes are always adjusting the, the, the focal, uh, focal length of the light so everything's in focus, right? Uh, and of course, my eyes weren't shaped exactly right, so I wear glasses, but um, otherwise my eyes are perfectly healthy. Uh, but it's taking that light and it's, and it's focusing it all the time, right? So it's changing the focus. So you look down, your eyes change the focus. When you look up, your eyes change the focus. And it does it automatically. You don't, even, you don't think, well, I need to adjust my eyes, right, and get them in focus. You don't, you're not ever doing that. Your eyes are doing that automatically. So she talked about that, and she talked about how uh, your eyes then take that image and, and convert that to electricity and, and your brain turns it into magic potion, you know, memories, right? And somehow you remember that image, right? You see, you see something, you see this podium. Since I'm talking about this podium, when you leave tomorrow, you'll think about this podium, right? It's got a brown top on it. It's got, you know, metal in, on the sides of it and it's got a, it's got a, a base of it that's also made out of wood. Uh, and, and if I called you tomorrow and said, hey, what color is the podium? because I, I told you about it and you're thinking about it, now it's part of your memory. You go, well, yeah, it's, it's, brown, it's brown wood on the top, brown base on the bottom, and, and metal in the middle. Uh, why? Because you have that memory of that. And, and you would see it. You would see it with your, with your eyes, right? You would see it with, well, you see it with your memory. Uh, and the capacity to do that you know, is nearly a miracle. How does that work? You know, they still don't really know how that works. I mean, they know it's got something to do with neurons, but they don't really know uh, where and how your memory just, well, they know kind of where certain memories are stored, but they don't know why they're stored, how they work. And the reason why they don't is because part of it is not in the natural world. You remember uh, when, when the rich man and Lazarus, when they died in, in Luke 15, right, or, uh, with the, with the uh, story of the rich man and Lazarus, uh, he, he opened, you know, he lifted his eyes up in, in hell being in torment, right? And he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Well, how did he know he was Lazarus? Because he saw him, right? You know, there was a great gulf fix, but he could see him. So, so his eyes worked, and he saw Lazarus. He recognized him, right? So he had memory of who Lazarus was. 
and he even had uh, he even had the knowledge of who Abraham was. Had he seen Abraham? He didn't know who Abraham was until he saw him. He goes, well, that's clearly Abraham. Uh, and so, uh, so part of the reason why scientists will never be able to figure out memory entirely is because your soul is not of this natural world. It's not made up of your neurons, right? So your mind, uh, and that, that should help you too because a lot of times uh, people think, well, I'm limited by my brain capacity. Well, you're not really limited because your soul is unlimited. And so, you know, if, if we would get uh, and understand the life of God that's in us, our mental capacity would actually increase because we think it's limited to this natural brain that we've got. Well, somehow there's a connection between the soul and the, the mind, the brain, right? The physical organ of the brain. And I, I don't know because the Bible doesn't give us any insight in that other than we know that it exists. We see that from the word of God that when we get to heaven, we'll know, we'll know each other, right? When, when, we, when we see people on the other side, we will recognize people. Uh, and so when, when Moses and Elijah... Uh, came down and visited Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Did he recognize who they were? Yeah, this is Moses and Elijah. Well, even, even Peter and them knew who, Mo, who they were. That's Moses and Elijah. Well, how do they know? Well, because their mind is not limited to this natural realm. Amen? It's part of the soulless realm. And so, I don't want to get too far in that because you get mysticism and get all kinds of weird, crazy things. But we see hints of things like this in the Word of God. And so, and, and I remember even Brother Hagin talking about some of these things. And, and that's about as far as he went because... Again, you can't go too far into that because we don't have any light from the Word of God other than, okay, your, your memories are not just about your brain, right? It's just your physical brain. So there's some aspect of a soul involved in that. And so scientists can't study that, right? They, don't, they, don't, they can't probe your soul that's in, this, in the soulless realm, right? It's different realms than they reside in. Uh, and so, so uh, in all of these things, then uh, since she was talking about... Um, <clears throat> how uh, all of this equipment, this, this uh, equipment that this kitchen had, had instructions with it, then we've got instructions in the Word of God. And, you know, one of the things about the Word of God that, that would help us is uh, we need to find out when the Word of God says something, then we do it. If the Word of God doesn't say anything about it, then, then we, don't need to, we don't need to add to the Word of God, right? Uh, and, and I've talked to a lot of people who say, well, you know, I believe God for healing, but I think it's also important to eat a healthy diet and to get some exercise. Well, you know, uh, this is not going to be a super popular statement, but the Bible doesn't really say that, right? That you can live a long life as long as you eat healthy and get a certain amount of exercise and, uh, and then uh, also believe God for healing. The Bible basically says believe God for healing, and that's sufficient, amen? So you mean to eat whatever you want to? Well, the Bible does talk about moderation, right? temperance, self-control. So if you're out of control and you're eating, would that violate the word of God? Well, it should, right? It does. And so you'd be out of the will of God in that area. But does, but does the word of God prescribe what you should eat? Well, you know, uh, Paul talked a lot about that in his writings where people were concerned about eating things offered to idols. Well, you know, if you eat, if you eat a strangled chicken or something, you know, you're going to get a devil on you and you'll probably die. People really think that, you know, that you, you know, you, you, you can't go into a temple of, of uh, you know, and, and eat food that's been offered to an idol because it's got devils all over it. And yet he literally said, he said, that ain't a problem because number one, there's only one God, right? And, and the devil is not a God. He thinks he's a God, but he's not a God. He's the devil, right? That's it. You know, he's, not a, he's not a God, right? Now, we, we call him a God. We call him a godless world, but he's not really a deity like, like our God is, right? 
he is a little g God of this world because he rules uh, the, the sin of this world. But he has no capacity to create anything other than mayhem, right? He can create mayhem really well, right? Confusion and, and destruction really well, but he can't create life. He has no ability to create life. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, we, we should, for me, I follow what the Word of God says. And if the Word of God says, if you look at all the scriptures on healing, there, there's nothing in there that says, and a healthy diet of low-fat, you know, low-carb uh, uh, di- uh, food will allow you to live a, a healthy life on this earth. I see nothing like that in the Word of God, you know. But, what, but sometimes... If we're not careful, we'll take that statement and say, well, then I'm going to eat like an absolute pig, right? And just, you know, live how I want to and eat, you know, 16 donuts a day and, and you know, six steaks every, every lunch. And, well, you'd be way out of the will of God, wouldn't you? Amen. You know, I think your body, it's your body. I think it's going to tell you, hey, you know, when you drive your car, if, if uh, something's going on in your car, you get a little, we call it a dummy light, right? Because it says, fix me, dummy, right? You know, and so a little, you know, if you're low on oil, the dummy light comes on. Well, what should you do? Put some oil in it, dummy, right? That's why, that's why it's a dummy light, right? And so uh, doesn't your body have the ability to tell you, hey, feed me or, you know, uh, put water in me or whatever, right? I mean, your body is willing to. Now, look, can you get, can you get extreme in that? Easy, very easy to get extreme. Uh, I think you get extreme one way or the other very easily. But see, the Lord's not, he's not fanatical in that. You know, eat, eat a sensible uh, diet. What's sensible? Well, enough to sustain your life. Amen? Uh, enough to, to, because to the purpose of food is to provide energy for your body to do the will of God on the earth. And that's the only purpose of food is to provide you energy to accomplish God's will on the earth. Uh, now, some people love food. The whole, you know, in fact, they have, a, they have a word for them. They're called foodies. You ever heard that word? People who just love the whole aspect of food, cooking and preparation and all this stuff and people love that and look i, I got no problem with people enjoy because it's just something they enjoy right it's a hobby that they enjoy and I, I got other things i'd rather do in my life you know but that doesn't make me better or worse than them because i like you know doing things outside or whatever and i like work doing things on my computer and people would think well that's you know I, that sounds so boring right and so that's fine we need each other in that um, and I, I sure don't want to spare somebody who, who enjoys doing that because some people are very good at that. They're very, they're very crafty. You know, they, they, they are very skilled at that type of thing, and that, that's great. Uh, but if you're not careful, you'll see that your, your diet is the, is the path to your long life or that your exercise is the path to your long life. Our path to our long life is the Word of God and faith in the Word of God. Amen. If you have faith in the Word of God and do what the Word of God says, uh, in addition to what the Spirit of God tells you to do, right? So if the Spirit of God tells you, hey, you need more rest, then what should you do? You get more rest, right? There, there was a time when, when uh, Dr. Dufresne uh, went to the doctor and um, he was actually at a dentist and he had some growth on, his, on the side of his face. And he asked the dentist, hey, would you, since we're here, would you mind poking that and seeing what that is, right? And you know, I don't think he said poke it, but he asked, you know, hey, could you look at that? See, and he looked at it and he said, well, I've got a doctor friend of mine, you know, a specialist, you know, he knows about things like that. You go see him and, and uh, he'll tell you what to do. And so he went to the doctor and the doctor looked at him and said, come back, bring your wife. And, and okay, that sounds kind of ominous. He brought his wife back. He said, go home and die. You've got this terminal, whatever thing is, 
uh, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it. And, well, that sounds pretty intense, right? Seems pretty pretty scary uh, to get a to get a report like that. Uh, and if you're not careful, that'll overwhelm you, right? When people get a bad report from the doctor. That's all they think about. They forget about the report from the Lord. Uh, and so he went to the Lord about it. Lord, you know, the doctor said I got to go home and die. What's the deal? And the Lord said, Well, you remember I told you it was a while back. I said you need to rest more. Yeah, I remember that. He said, Did you do it? No. Well, then you're out of my will. You get out of the will of God. Where uh, whose territory are you on? You're on the devil's territory, right? So is the, Lord, is the Lord killing him? Did the Lord put that on? No, he put that on himself. The Lord said, you need to rest more. Okay, Lord, I'm not doing it. Fine, you know, then, then why do you think he told them to rest more? Because his body needed a certain amount of rest, right? And he said, you know, you need to lighten up, he, you know, because he, he was such a, he was, uh, grew up, you know, with such a drive to work. He had his hands in a lot of different things. And the Lord said, you got to lighten up. You know, quit doing so many things. Focus on the ministry, right? Well, did he do that? No, he didn't do that. So the doctor said to go home and die. So, you know, I mean, what, what, what are you going to do? Uh, you got no help from the medical world, right? And so uh, he went to the Lord and said, well, Lord, you're right. You know, you told me that. I heard you. I understood you. I chose not to do it. And, you know, a lot of times it's not that, well, I ain't doing it, you know, kind of attitude like that. It's just like, well, there's so much to do. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So sometimes, you know, we get that mentality and we get, you remember Philippians chapter 2, Epaphroditus, we just talked about him not long ago, but he worked himself nearly to death. Well, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Well, then don't do it. I mean, you know, if the Lord didn't tell you to do it, you know, and it's not something that you can do easily, right? I'm not saying just don't ever do anything, but sometimes, you know, we feel like it's all on me. If it, if it wasn't for me, the world wouldn't run. Well, that ain't true, Right? Yeah, and so, you know, don't get in pride about that. Sometimes we get in pride about that, about things like that, don't we? And we get out of the will of God because of our pride and our drive. Amen. Uh, I do believe the Lord can, if it's necessary, supernaturally strengthen you to do some project, you know, that just has to get done for his, you know, for his kingdom. And he will supernaturally strengthen you and supernaturally give you the rest that you need in the time that needs to, that needs to happen for that to, to do it. But you do that by the will of God. You don't do that by rebellion, amen? And he was doing it by rebellion out of, out of the will of God. Uh, and so he did what any, what any sane person would do. He repented to the Lord. So, well, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, what I did was wrong. I was in rebellion against you. I didn't do what you asked me to do. And so I repent and I will change. Uh, and the Lord gave many, many years of life after that. He ended up still dying young when he, was, he died at 72 years old. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to fuss at him a little bit because he told us he was going to be here till he was at least 90, right? Um, you know, he remembers 60 to 70, 70 80, 80 to 90. And, uh, and he checked out early. Now, I don't know if it was because of, if he fell back into that, he could have, right? It could have been he could have fell back into that. could have been something else. I don't know. I'm not his judge, right? And, and if I fuss at him, I'm going to do it from like behind Chris or somebody, you know, in case, in case he doesn't like me fussing at him. But, uh, but he did say that, right? Uh, and, um, and so... And you heard him say those things, right? So we got, I got a witness right there, right? Uh, and, and look, so I'm not his judge. I don't know why he, why he ended up leaving on the earth early. Uh, the whole point of that I want is find the balance, right? Find the balance for you. But, but try to, uh, and I want to say try, that's not really a good word. Don't elevate natural things above the word of God. Don't think that it's your good eating that sustains your life. Amen. It's the faith in the Word of God that sustains your life. That's what the Word of God says. There's nothing in there that says 
it's your good eating and your healthy habits and your certain amount of rest and a certain amount of steps and a certain amount of drinking of water that will allow you to live a long life. That's what the medical world says, and that's fine, right? You know, I've got nothing against the medical world. But they'll only get you to, to 70 or 80 years. The Word of God can get you to 120 in health, amen? And they'll only get you 70, 80 years, not great health, right? You can live, but it won't be, it won't, you know, you'll start to degrade after a while. Uh, I mean, even my doctor said, well, you just wait, it's coming, you know? Well, thanks, doctor, appreciate that, you know? And thank you for your, for your uh, hooking up with my faith, right? Uh, and so... So just be careful, right? Uh, the, she said that we look to the instruction book, the Bible. And when you look at the whole counsel of God, there's almost nothing in there about what, what you eat other than eat whatever you want to eat, right? If it's offered to idols, it don't matter, eat it, right? Now, a lot of people just, oh, don't do that. Uh, and, and, you know, there was times when there was, when there was bad water and they would supernaturally pray for it and, and the water would be restored, right? Uh, and so... Uh, our, our instruction book is the Bible. And I'm convinced that this is sufficient to get you a long life. Amen? And if you, if you combine this with the Spirit of God and His will for your life, because He may tell you, just like He told Dr. Frank, you get more rest. Well, then if He tells you to get more rest, what should you do? Get more rest, right? He told my pastor one time, stop eating French fries. Okay, so what should my pastor have done? Stop eating French fries. Why? Uh, for him, I think it was as much not just that, it, that they were bad for him. I think it's because he was out of control. He loved French fries, right? I mean, he loved French fries. He'd walk in the, he'd walk in the, the fast food store at Wendy's, and they'd go, oh, uh, so-and-so's here. We need a number one combo with extra fries or whatever, you know. And, uh, and uh, I remember when I'd go, to, go help him, he would, he would drink a whole two liter of, of, of soda, an entire two liter. And he would drink sometimes several two liters a day. Well, that's out of balance. Don't you think that's out of balance, right? I mean, it's just, you just hear that. It's like, well, that's clearly out of balance. If you drank several two liters of water a day, you know, you can actually drown if you drink too much water because it'll, it'll, it'll dilute your blood so much that it can't carry oxygen. You can actually die of drowning by drinking water. Now, it's really hard to do, right? I mean, oh, well, I'm going to go home and try it. No, don't try it. You just, you know, read it, read it, read it on the Internet because it's on Facebook. It's all true, right? Uh, but, um, uh, but anything that's really out of balance is not good for you. Drinking five or six two liters of soda a day, any normal person would go, that seems out of balance to me. Does, it, does, it, does that seem out of balance to you? Seems like out of balance to me, right? Uh, and so, and it was. It was, you know, his wife brought me a cup. She brought him a two liter with a straw. And he would, he would, he could, he could do it, right? Uh, and it was Pepsi Cola, right? I mean, who even drinks Pepsi Cola anyway, right? All you Pepsi Cola drinkers, you know, don't get mad at me. I don't care, you know, you drink whatever you want to, but. I, you know, I had, I had offered somebody, they were here visiting one day, and I offered them, uh, hey, you know, we've got some, some drinks in the refrigerator, we've got some diet sodas, whatever. I said, would you like a diet soda? Oh, I don't put that poison in my body. And he called that poison, you know, and I'm like, well, it's not poison, you know, you're not going to die from that. Uh, and, and, and I'm thinking, well, what about the poison of, of your attitude, right? It's like that poison your attitude is way, way more uh, uh, dangerous than the poison of than whatever you think is in this. Because don't you think uh, the Lord knew that we would have sodas, to, you know? Uh, you know, people are like, oh, you know, all, this, all these hormones in, in, in food today. And we well, go back a thousand years and eat their food. How long has that meat been on the counter? Oh, it's only six days. Just scrape the maggots off. It's fine, right? You know, botulism and you know, all kinds of things that are horrible food, you know. I mean, how long has that vegetable been out there? Oh, just cut off the mold. It'd be fine, right? You know, just... Just eat around, eat around all the maggots on that thing. It'd just be fine, right? 
And a few maggots won't hurt you anyway. It's protein, right? And so you think they had great food and, and uh, you know, great quality food back then? I mean, I don't think so, right? I've been, to, I've been to third world countries and it's like, man, you know, it's amazing that any of them are alive, right? And you think if it was based upon their food, the quality of the food that they ate and the amount of food, I mean, you know, uh, you know, you think about a, uh, just in our country, we can eat almost anything we want to, anytime we want to. You go over there, they're going to eat, you know, rice for a hundred days in a row, and that's it. You know, uh, uh, part of the problem when, when people would travel by sailboat back, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, they, they, they figured out this disease called scurvy. Uh, and, and I don't know what the, anybody know what the, what, the, what the symptoms of scurvy is, right? I mean, it's pain, and I mean, you're sick, right? Whatever it is. Uh, and the, they found out the root of it, the root cause of it was what? Anybody know? Lack of vitamin C, right? Lack of no, no vitamin C. So they started bringing uh, fruit on their, on their voyages with them because if they didn't, they'd get scurvy, right? And so uh, people uh, for centuries would live like that. Then they couldn't eat good food. They couldn't eat a, a well-rounded diet because it just wasn't available. And yet, did the Lord know that? The Lord knew that, right? Was healing still available for people who didn't have good food to eat? You know, didn't have... All of, the, all of the vitamins available for all the foods, you know, to, to drink, eat all the fruit, you know. And if I want any fruit today, I just go get it. But some, some people, even today, if they wanted an orange, you know, they haven't seen an orange all their life. Never even an orange, right? Because it's not available. Well, does the Lord sustain them? Can he sustain them? Well, surely he can. Does the word of God say, I, I am your healer unless you don't have oranges? No, there's no limit in the word of God. Amen. So, you know, sometimes we think we, we get we get closed minded in our in our civilized society here where we have access to all this wonderful food and we think that's what's going to sustain us. Well, what about the guy over there who, who just can eat rice and beans all of his life? That's it. Uh, and, and, you know, well, beans have got protein. Well, that's great. Right. Uh, but they have found that a lot of vitamins basically do nothing. If you supplement your diet with vitamins, they just don't do anything because your body's not designed to take fake vitamins. It's designed to take to extract vitamins from food. Well, can the Lord not sustain you in those things? Well, surely he can, right? Because is there any limitation in the word of God that says, I'm your healer as long as you eat a well-rounded diet, right? Uh, complete the entire food pyramid, right? Now, this is a food, now, what, what it used to be, right? Uh, whatever it used to be, but now it's a food pyramid, right? You got this, you know, eat a lot of this, a little less of this, a little less of this, the top of it is ice cream, right? And I think they got the whole pyramid backwards, right? Because you eat a lot of ice cream, you're happy. Uh, and so you eat whatever you want to, I don't care. Uh, but, um, but see, uh, we are sustained by the word of God, not by the things we do in the natural realm. I know people will say, you know, you're telling people to go and get out of balance. I'm, t- I'm telling you not to do that. You stay in balance, right? Stay whatever the balance the Lord tells you, that's the balance you should find. Amen. Uh, and if he tells you to drink more water, what should you do? Drink more water, right? If he tells you to eat more, you know, whatever, eat more of that, right? I don't, and I don't really care. Because I don't think there's a thus set the Lord for every person in the world for the exact, to be exactly the same. I think, you know, food is food and, and it's just energy for our bodies and, and, and our bodies are amazing. You know, it's amazing. You know, one person could eat a donut and one person could eat a, you know, a perfectly sound breakfast and they both have enough energy to get up and go to, uh, go to work. And, and uh, you know, now if you're, if you're an elite athlete, you know, they do things that they fine tune their bodies and they found things that work for them. But I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a world athlete. I I get up and go to my desk every day, right? <laughs> I don't need you know I don't need that level of expertise you know to get up to go to the desk right every day and so uh, and that's fine right so you find out what works for you amen.
And look, uh, this is not, none of this is intended to disparage people that learn about these things, that learn about what works good for people because uh, all of our bodies are different and, you know, people that are, that are nutritionists, they can find out what's, what's ailing you and they can say, well, if you change your diet and, and consume more of this, it'll help you. Well, that's fine. I think that's, that's like any other medication, right? Because food really, in essence, is chemicals and, and it's, a, uh, it's, in essence, is like medication. It it's, uh, assists your body. But by faith, you know, you, you can live a life where you're not limited to certain things. So that if, because if, if you have to only have fresh, you know, uh, f- fresh steamed vegetables uh, grown from, you know, the, the mountains of Peru in order to, to live, well, that's great unless the Lord tells you to go to, to you know, Africa and, and live there for six months. Well, then what are you going to do about your fresh vegetables? You're not going to get them. Not going to happen, right? Uh, I mean, if the Lord tells you that you have to sustain, your, sustain yourself from fresh vegetables from Johnny's garden, right? that's great. But Johnny's not in Switzerland. He's right here, right? And so he can't help you if, you have, if the Lord calls you to Switzerland, right? So you're stuck. Well, I don't think the Lord's limited in that, amen? So you find out what works for you, and that's, that's the correct uh, path of faith that we need to work. But the number one priority is faith in the Word of God, amen? To me, everything else is secondary. Let the Word of God, let the Spirit of God speak specifically to you, and you'll be safe, amen? Don't get an attitude. Don't get into where you're tempting the Lord. Well, I'm going to eat, you know, a 16-ounce T-bone every day, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, then, you know, you eat that much cow, you're probably going to look like a cow, right? I mean, you know, after a while, but I don't know. You know, if the Lord tells you, thus saith the Lord, eat 16 ounces of T-bone every day for three meals a day, I would find it hard to believe the Lord said that, but, you know, because it sounds excessive to me, amen? Anything to me that sounds excessive sounds, I'm questioning whether it's really the Lord or not, amen? Uh, and so, so we can do that, amen? We, we can... Follow the instruction book. That's our number one priority. Amen. If we do that, we will be sustained. And I believe if you do that and are willing to he- hear what the word of God says, the spirit of God will speak to you specifically and say, this works for you. Uh, and if, if he, like Dr. Frank, he tells you to get more rest, then you need more rest. If the Lord tells you that, then that's what you need, right? Your particular body needs more rest. Somebody else, you know, some people get by with two, three hours of sleep a day. Some people have to have, you know, 16, 17 hours of sleep a day. Fine, right? If that's what you need, then, then whatever, right? That's between you and the Lord, amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the blessings of your word. We thank you for the faith of your word. And Father, our faith is in, in you, in what your word says, Father. Our faith is not in this natural world. It's not in the food that we eat. It's not in the water that we drink, Father. It's in you. And Father, you, you have the right and the privilege to instruct us specifically for ourselves what we should do. And if you tell us, Father, then we will obey that. and We will stop doing those things as you instruct us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, you know, I would encourage you about, uh, about these things that uh, this is, in my heart, these are not extreme statements, but some people think that they're extreme statements, right? That it doesn't matter what you eat, doesn't matter how much you exercise, that they think that's fanatical and extreme. But you compare... Uh, that statement with what does the word of God say in relation to those two things? Nearly nothing, right? Nearly, I mean, one verse about exercise, and it said it doesn't even help you that much anyway, uh, and nothing about thou shalt eat good foods and drink certain amount of cups of water every day, right? And so uh, if the word of God doesn't say that, I don't think it's extreme at all to say, well, then let's follow the word, amen? Uh, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering, and uh, is this, this is for today, right? October the 9th. Okra and tomatoes and peppers, 
Uh, is this from Johnny's garden? So he says, you can be sustained today, right? But tomorrow, it's too bad, right? When the, at the end of the year, when the garden's over, it's too bad, right? Uh, no, it's not. What's that? That's the last of tomatoes right there, right? For the season anyway, right? Until next spring, right? And so what happens between now and next spring, right? Where do, where do tomatoes come from, right? Uh, I mean, they got to come from somewhere, right? I guess they come from the south, the south part of the world, right? The south part of the world, that uh, they're going into summertime and into growing season. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. Uh, and so I guess, yeah, if you had a greenhouse, you could grow all year round, right? Uh, and so, uh, and I'm sure people figure out stuff like that, you know, I don't know, you know, it's, and, you know, and I'm glad there's Johnny's in the world because I, you know, I, I just, I couldn't do it, you know, I mean, I could do it, but I don't want to do it, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of work to do it right. And you got to learn so much about it, right? And, and Johnny's learned it over these years, you know, uh, and so I'm way behind Johnny. If I started right now, it'd take me a long time to get caught up, right? So, uh, so that's bad. I know, I know. We're all glad Johnny does it, right? And so, um, but that's back on the table there, and, and uh, I love fresh vegetables, so. All right, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and we'll see you next Sunday.